the host that could make Batman look good in a trench coat for a movie that he didn't want to see until now? He's slim. This is that paper keg show that you crave. Episode 229. Welcome to the paper keg show. It's just three amigos getting together to talk about a book that they read that week, that day, that hour before the show. And they give their thoughts. You know, the critique of the book. This week, Yidge, House of M. And then we read your letters live to close out the show. Letters at paperkeg.com. This one, you know, got, I just got emotional okay. talking okay. about it. You know, House of M makes me emotional. This is one of the most requested episodes we've ever done in the show. By a tally of one request. Gen Z, you know, we have a separate email that we get letters from people we don't talk to you about. The real letters the, at papercake.com. The real letters email that I just kind of sit back with a glass of wine, FaceTime Dale, we chat, we have laughs, and it's, it's know, pretty, it's pretty it upscale it overall. I mean, it's pretty elite. I mean, you guys are the elite. Yeah. When you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, House of M, we have, uh, Two remaining hosts for Paper Keg. You know, it's three friends. We have a we have various guest hosts that have hit this show. At Nimity, it's a previous guest host, one of the most popular guest hosts in history. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Voted least popular host to this show. Uh, several months running. He uh, runs a newsletter for our Patreon campaign. Writer. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back. Yeah, don't touch that dial. You're listening to a real published writer. Uh, that's what happens when you exchange money for goods and services. That person becomes published. Uh, so thank you for that. I can put that on my resume. Finally, Patreon published. Uh, writer extraordinaire of semi-autobiographical, angry, and clueless newsletters every Friday to your inbox. Wow. It's right around the corner, your next newsletter, mm-hmm. Friday. We could just be days away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final host, VP of merch. He runs, you know, our, our merchandising campaigns, successful shirt campaign, sticker campaign, uh, Patreon was his brainchild he sits back into his manual typewriter you know pushes it back when he gets to the end of the page pushes it back again tears the sheet out 
and it's a winner. Dale underscore A, welcome back. Yeah, my wife is like upstairs. She's just hearing the pecking at me and on the keys. She's always like chiming in with like, why are you always doing that? And like the, the, the typewriter sounds are just like uh, in, into my head right now. And I'm just like, just get out of here. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm conducting uh, these sort of think tanks. I like to call them down here in my basement. Winter, winter months are coming. You know, it's, uh, it's getting a little chillier. The shawls right next to me waiting to be <laughs> draped. That's the, the good thing about manual typewriters. So they could be, they could pretty much be operated anywhere. You know, Dale, I've seen recently the young ladies who wear the shawl sweater jackets that are like extra large ponchos. And I thought for a moment, if there's anyone that could pull off a male sweater poncho, it would be you. Mm, sweater poncho. I mean, no sort of fastening apparatus to get in your way. Right. Maybe you know, you, no brooch of any kind. Maybe mm, like an old 18th century brooch that has been passed down to Dale mm, that he would use at that point. Maybe it like sweeps across his chest like a double-breasted coat mm-hmm. and is pinned together by some Game of Thrones uh, type, right? Like maybe the hand, uh, the hand metal for the hand of the king metal in there, or maybe like a dire wolf, yeah, symbol. I feel or, like you could really make that work, or like a gorgeous red poinsettia for Christmas. Maybe uh, you know, maybe we no. do a little special Christmas episode for Patreon supporters, just about fashion. You know, what's on top of mind fashion for middle-aged men, fathers that just can't get out anymore. Yeah. It's a lot of button-down flannels. It's a lot of Henleys for me. You know, Henley, mm-hmm. welcome to Henley Town. Whenever you have my closet, <laughs> I think we might have to, f- to photograph a, an ad campaign for Jonesy for <laughs> Welcome to Henley Town. <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy laying pr- <laughs> totally prone on his recliner. Welcome to Henley Town. <laughs> Wearing two pairs of socks, passed out two minutes into a TV show with his wife. You know. People tell me, you don't always have to have all three buttons of your Henley button, do you know? <laughs> to which I say, what if my chest gets cold? <laughs> right. People always, people are always opinionated about those buttons. Mm-hmm. Always. Right. I think really what set, sets the stage for this ad campaign is the photograph of you at your wedding wearing your kilt, walking down those steps that I think everyone has seen where it looks like you're stepping onto, you know, Starbird, ready to command the fleet. (laughs) It really does look like he's getting ready to just take charge of the room. We'll see what happens, you know? Uh, Right around the corner, lest we forget, House of M. The requests came in hot and heavy, fast, sweaty, pounding requests for House of M. And Brian Michael Bendis, Bendy, mm. as Gen Z affectionately calls him. I mean, when we get together for our, you know, think tanks, our version <laughs> of think tanks, mm. I call him Bendy, you know, he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Alleged. Alleged Bendy liking. Yeah, but he probably like you guys bad mouths me in like some kind of private chat with, uh, <laughs> you know, like he calls me Bendy all the time. I just want to punch that slug in the face, you know? When is uh, the next episode of Book Jug, your podcast about audiobooks that I mean, we you read? Can, we can record as early as next week. We both have all three wow. titles in the tank. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been too long, in my opinion. You know, I, I call these three books the Katie Longmire Trilogy, and we'll get into that and the reason why wow. on the next Book Jug. 
Holy moly. Did you uh, you start Man in the High Castle yet on Amazon, Gen Z? I, I have not. I just, I people have tweeted me directly, like, you gotta you know, watch it, and I can't. I just can't, I can't get over the terrible ending to the book. Hmm. But from what I understand, the story's been changed to make it more action-oriented, so maybe I owe it to them to give it a shot. I don't know. The second episode ended, and my heart was broken. Oh, so you wow. have been watching. Uh, I've watched up until episode three. Hmm. Depending on when this ends, I might try to pop in another episode. Really? P- pretty gut-wrenching. Episode right. two. Wow. I'll tell you what a... Uh, I don't like to normally agree sick. with people, but yeah. I, th- I fell off of JJ after episode four. Fell off of JJ. Jessica Jones, just not. Oh, you know. Uh, we watched episode one the other night, and Amanda wasn't into it. She wasn't into Man High Castle either, but she said she was bored by both. <laughs> so, do you guys yeah. ever watch past episode eight of Daredevil? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll just start watching that season two with Punisher. I mean, that, that pretty about be the quite boner-inducing. Slim's a father now, though, so, you know, it's like there's that whole yeah. aspect. You got, like, one hour of time. I come home from a long day of work in New York City to record a podcast. Yeah. If I'm working from home, we got about one hour after James, our dear boy, goes to sleep. We got to make that hour count, Count, yeah? Yeah. And Daredevil Episode 9 just isn't in the cards right now. I mean, I don't blame you. Uh, Dale, before we get into House of M, number one request, how goes the, uh, I would usually ask Jonesy, but Jonesy, uh, took a steaming pile of dung on Jawbone. It's not, how's the, how's the, how's the elliptical, uh, experience? Are you back on since the, since your, since your re-entrance? Yeah, off, uh, yes. (laughs) Offline. I mentioned to the boys in our group chat that I was uh, going to make an attempt to get back on, and I've been more often than not on it in the mornings. That's amazing. Uh, three three or four mornings out of the week, Ooh. I've been getting on it and trying to shed some of this. Look at this. I, I'm looking at my gobbler neck right now as I speak <laughs> to this in the Google, and it's just it makes me honestly want to start doing some sort of in-place mountain climber uh, exercises while recording. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Maybe just hook yep. up your computer on top of the elliptical. We'll just... Maybe we'll do an elliptical episode while we'll be on elliptical and we'll record a podcast. That'd be amazing. Maybe if it would be, be for a Patreon backers only, something like that. <laughs> the uh, I've most recently been watching Master of None on the elliptical. Oh, yeah. Amazing show. <clears throat> start to finish. Wow. My favorite episode, I think it's called Mornings, where the episode is all two-minute clips of each morning that uh, Aziz and his girlfriend are together, like through the different stages of their relationship and living together. It's quite amazing. I loved the parents. I think it was episode two's intro was when the dads wanted to hang out with the sons and the sons like made up some lame excuse and <laughs> they spent like five minutes showing all the hard work that the father like and the one had to, to do to get to that country for, for them. the first time <laughs> yeah the poor guy had to slaughter his own pet chicken and that, that he loved he told his mom that he loved him 
dad made him kill it. And then he didn't want to talk about how what it was like growing up. He's like, nothing. I was no, no, nothing eventful. But can I you get the last my iPad? No, you can't fix my iPad. I've got to go to the movies. There was a weird thing that I noticed about all phones and tablets in that show, but all of them had a weird blue hue showing on the person's face. It was almost like they just pulled up a blue screen on every time someone used a phone because it was like this weird mm-hmm. subliminal light that shone from those devices and freaked me out. Anywho, House of M. Bendy, Coppel, uh, you know, Avengers X-Men event before Avengers versus X-Men. Chenzi, can you walk us through House of M? I mean... Let's talk about setting the stage for every Marvel event that you can think of for the last decade. You know, uh, the Scarlet Witch, you guys may uh, know her from her fame in uh, this past summer's blockbuster Age of Ultron. But before that, she was a comic book character, also a member of the Avengers, the old Avengers, as we posit in this volume. You know, they're... Uh, she kind of won a little haywire and her magic-y um, chaos, is a chaos magic went a little chaotic if you will and uh, she ended Writer. up killing some people and <laughs> you know destroying half of New York City so that's why we have the new Avengers so the new Avengers are like what are we going to do with this crazy Scarlet Witch who can at will just change reality and um they come to the conclusion that they're probably going to have to, uh, you know, extinguish her, if you will. Uh, Pietro Maximoff, a.k.a. Quicksilver, gets a hold of this uh, information. And all of a sudden, the world goes white. And Logan wakes up. Weapon X. In a world where mutants are the supreme being led by the House of Magnus with none other than Magneto himself uh, at the helm of the planet, if you will. And we see that each member of the New Avengers and the prominent members of the Astonishing X-Men, probably my uh, favorite roster of X-Men in the most recent years was Astonishing X-Men, they all have been granted a wish of living their most perfect life like spider-man is uh, like super popular and everybody knows his identity he's married to gwen stacy he's got a son that he loves i mean his life is pretty much perfect uh you know captain america never was trapped in iso like he's this uh older uh war vet that kind of lives this quiet peaceful life and probably the coolest a um, wish that has some long-lasting ramifications afterward is that Logan uh, now remembers that he's James Howlett. And not only that, he remembers every single day of his life uh, since he was, I guess, you know, started having memories. And Logan then goes on a mission to put the world back in its place. And we are treated to some great what-if Marvel magic that ultimately ends in a climax that will change the Marvel U and probably has the most long-lasting effects 
of any Marvel event rivaling even Civil War. House of M. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's weird talking about a, an event that did have like long-lasting ramifications. It like, really did. I mean, when I... This was, what, 2006 or 2009? I can't remember. Nobody knows. Uh, but I was not quite back into comics yet when this was coming out. I was aware of it, and I had like stopped in my local comic shop occasionally, and I was kind of aware, but I was kind of like back into comics during the uh, like the mutant aftermath because I was fully aware that I when I got back into comics, Cyclops had already gathered the herd and were living on Utopia off of San Francisco or wherever that was. House of M 2005. 2005, yeah. So, um, but this was this was like perfectly. I mean, it was a, it was great. It's a great run. It was a great series, but it was like perfect, perfect, perfect in such that it really made you intrigued to read the tie-ins, but it didn't, I I felt it didn't really make you feel like the tie-ins were necessary. Like it didn't, it didn't like recommend you read tie-ins. If this was so, it was so self-contained, you didn't, I, you you wouldn't even know that there were tie-ins that needed to be read. And what I know now is like, you know, this was eight issues long, but the tie-ins were molten plenty, like tie-ins of plenty. So there's so much more of this world that could be explored. But like for the for what House of M proper was was like a conflict book. Ultimately, like you got some of the world, but you quickly started to, you started getting into soldiers mounting or, or, you know, like rebels mounting a counteroffensive to bring the, bring the world as we know it back. Dale, eight issues, the main title of house of M, uh, with tie-ins, 49 separate chapters. Ooh, man, that's a lot. Yeah. I don't really remember any of the tie-ins, which is odd, but I think I'm, I'm like that for most series. I don't really read the tie-ins, but I think, Dale, you went kind of buck wild with Avengers versus X Men, uh, like the Versus series and all that stuff. But <clears throat> this is the first time I read it in a long time, and I felt like it really held up. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Absolutely, this is I Bendy mean, it, at his peak. It really, peak Bendy. It really does because just the gravity of the fact that they are discussing the ultimate fate of one of their own. Like in a, in a way that I mean, it very well could have been like like it. It's cool now to see like Avengers versus X Men come after this because this could have very well been Avengers versus X Men, but it never got to that point. They but they needed to decide what to do with this very damaged, but very harmful. Let me jump in real quick, and I'm sorry. It, isn't there a line uh, in AVX when uh, Scott walks down and Cap's kind of like 
in the tide on the beach. And don't they reference this? They're like, this is the reason that we don't trust you is because of what happened last time. Aren't they directly uh, directly referencing House of M there? Like, I want to say that's a real thing that happened, but I don't have it in my memory quite that clearly. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it at all that it was directly referenced. I mean, because House of Avengers versus X-Men started on Utopia. So, like, that's how long of a span the ramifications of the story was because at the end of house of M like Wanda says, I mean, I, I like we're, I'm skipping around super obviously, but spoilers just because of the the gravitas of the whole situation. Like the Marvel universe is forever changed for years because she says no more mutants because she's so mad at her dad for his like selfish reasons for doing what he did that he overlooked his family. She says no more mutants and she's, I mean her crazy magic makes it happen. Like that's it. And the X-Men existed for years on an Island because there were so few of them. I think I remember the first time I read it, I was like angry that Wolverine's memories came back in an event book and not, like a contained Wolverine story. And I think this set off the Wolverine Origins um, series. The most reviled series that you can think of. Which, I mean, you know, I was a younger younger man back then. The things I said about Wolverine Origins are well documented. If you want to hear what I said, you can go back to the archives. But it wasn't my cup of tea, to say the least, by Daniel Way. But the whole the fallout of him regaining his memories, I felt like they flubbed. I felt like they didn't do a good job with it, which is like the, the, the mystique of Wolverine and how they handled it. It wasn't very well done, but the, the, I think my favorite part of house of M is Spider-Man, you know, um, Wanda gives everyone kind of what they want in life in this alternate reality, just to keep everyone happy. And, Spider-Man's uh, like alternate reality, which is funny because now pretty much every event has to deal with some kind of alternate reality mm-hmm. and them needing to fix it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Ultron, uh, Secret Wars. Um, so Spider-Man wakes up in this alternate reality and he's married to Gwen Stacy and they have a son and Wolverine eventually snaps out of it and he recruits a team and they all, they all kind of like snap everyone out of it that they need. And Spider-Man's like messed up in the head because of this, so which I enjoyed the fact, that which that was bigger, amazing it because was, he's, it really was. He's lived his life with Mary Jane, and in this alternate reality, he's essentially lived a whole other life with Gwen Stacy. So he has memories of both lives, and now he's realizing that the Gwen Stacy life is wrong, and he's like he like mentally can't handle it. I thought that was the best part of the book. The the scene that touched me the most was like when the world snaps back to reality and he is laying in bed and Mary Jane's kind of like having a cup of tea in the corner and she's like, oh, you look like garbage tiger. And the look on his face was just like, uh, yeah, okay. I realized that maybe I never loved you as much as I love Gwen because now I have a point of reference of having like an entire adult life with her and how crushing that must, must be to live with every day. You're like you're so right. The look on his face—he's just looking at her like she has no idea 
what I just lived. And it's, I mean, it is crazy the amount of, the amount of emotion that's conveyed through like two panels. And, and then when he's, when Logan first makes him aware, like, he's just like, it's not fair. I didn't sign up for like this, the magnitude of what I've been put through just for trying to help people. I just wanted to catch a few robbers or whatever he said. I just wanted to get a few bad guys. I should have my mind wiped. The one aspect that was kind of confusing a little bit was in this alternate reality, they get kind of like freed from this mental state and are aware. So Spider-Man is... You know, he goes through this stuff. Wolverine goes through it. And in this House of M world, he's like, I remember everything. But they go through those things twice, where Spider-Man goes through the kind of negativity of having realized that one life is a sham. And then when they come back to regular life, they almost kind of like duplicate those scenes. Yeah, they rehash Like in the Avengers Mansion, they rehash how he's like down about this, which was good, but I don't know why they did it twice. Like, why couldn't he just remember... Like, he, he's already in through the grieving process at this point. I don't know why they need to rehash it. Same with Wolverine. Like, at the end of the book, he remembers still. Like, I, I feel like mm-hmm. they could have just kept it, and why not just say, I still remember, or something like that. He, like, gained his memories back twice. It was like this weird double double move. Yeah, they, it was... There were, oh, go ahead. They almost, like, made this weird statement pointing that out for some reason. And like Dr. Strange makes the offhanded comment that maybe only people that were part of the conflict remember because like Tony's in the room and they made Tony remember in the, you know, the house of, in the house of Magnus world. But he's like, I don't remember anything. I woke up this morning and I was fine. I don't remember. And it's like, why? I wonder if that was like some tie in type stuff that was my point. Did something happen in the tie-in right. that would, as if you're reading every chapter, would have made you need to be reaffirm mm-hmm. that these things were real? Because especially Logan's reaction, he's like face down, a up at a carpet or wherever he was. And he's like, "Oh my god, I remember!" But like, yeah, we knew that mm-hmm. eight issues ago. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. I like. And I'd like to know, I mean, I'm, and I'm not complaining, like if it's going to, if it's Wolverine that, that is aware in this alternate reality, then it's Wolverine, it's, it's fine. But I, I wonder if in the Wolverine, one of the Wolverine tie-ins, is it explained why Wolverine has, is aware to begin with where, and where nobody else is even aware. Like, obviously he's got mind wipe things and stuff like that but i wonder if it's deeply looked at more looked into in the tie-ins why he is the one that remembers the same as this lily girl or no layla because wolverine's like like the song you know (laughs) i i i I thought about it for a second and i thought maybe it was part of the healing factor scenario that maybe his mind was healing oh. from the psychic damage caused by wanda Mm -hmm. but also if the if the direct I don't know if you call, what if she does as a spell, but if like if the direct incantation, I don't even know how to phrase this, but if Wanda said to the world, "You have your greatest wish," and it taken literally means that Wolverine can remember everything. That of course he can remember life before because the the 
architecture of this world mm. of this wish is that I can remember everything. So kind of like as a self defeating loop. Mm-hmm. But I also was like, well, maybe his mutant healing factor that you know heals over bad memories is reversed in this scenario. And I might have just said the nerdiest thing in my entire life in the last wonder, two minutes. I wonder, if, like during the process of this being a monthly book, I wonder if some readers and the consensus was that things would just go back to normal and Wolverine wouldn't remember and Spider-Man would forget about all this. Maybe that was the assumption and that was like their, ha-ha, they're going to remember this. Mm-hmm. Like things will actually change. Which is That's, which is uh, crazy because just beyond my scenario, just beyond the fact that there are no more mutants, I mean it gives like it gives weight to the other titles of the Marvel U at the time, like that there's still going to be ramifications from this event, mm-hmm. like in the Spider-Man titles and stuff. He's obviously going to be, you know, uh, affected for a time mm-hmm. after. But I mean. But the whole last issue, because I think she says no more mutants in the issue seven, at the end of issue seven, the whole last issue, I just, like, my heart was racing because, like, you're figuring, I mean, you know what's happening, but, like, as you witness, like, Emma Frost figure out what exactly is going down, like, what has just happened, it's it's just crazy. Like, the pacing of that last issue is just crazy, and there's no good... Uh, like resolution <laughs> like this is mm-hmm. this is it now I loved uh, Koi Bell's art in this book I mean every book he I think he started on Avengers and it wasn't as like detailed but eventually he started doing like the events and they were crazy detailed pages and I think he did a few issues of Avengers versus X-Men when they had like all those rotating art teams but I, I don't think he can do a monthly book anymore but his stuff in this book is so gorgeous mm-hmm. I love his stuff. I mean, it, it especially all the. Uh, I thought his best art was the members of the Red Guard or whatever it was called, the uh, Logan's um, Flunkies Shield. Yeah, uh, I just thought every panel of those uh, airships, the um, I can't think of what they're called, helicarriers, and those splash pages were just so. Mm-hmm. God, I just I I was in that world because of his art. When uh, it was like towards the end of the uh, issues, and they're taking they're they're up on Mountain Magnus to take the fight to the <laughs> to Maximoffs, but when he was like had his shield jacket on, but he was just like getting ready to scrap. He looked so cool with that shield jacket on. <laughs> And I think we touched on it earlier, but I think the best Marvel events ha- are ones that are kind of grounded in a real conflict. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, this starts out with something kind of pretty real where some mutant is too dangerous to live and they have to decide to, what to do. And I think those those make for the most entertaining events. Like, you know, Fear itself didn't really have, it was almost kind of too comic booky. Kind of what if, you know, these characters and villains become Asgardians and they get their own hammers. Like, that that kind of conflict doesn't resonate well enough. Same with Civil War, same with um, 
Avengers versus X Men. Mm-hmm. I think those are usually our favorite ones. Yeah, yeah, agree. Especially because like the, you know, the Marvel youth just feels so real to begin with, mm. and it's obviously probably our favorite. I mean, it's the best one. It is the best one, honestly. <laughs> But it was just so, I mean, it was, I'm so happy to have read it now and to know like everything I have read when I was getting back into comics was just the best thing ever. Like the, just the fact that, um, just the X-Men titles, I, cause I, when I was getting back into comics, I, 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 you know, I gravitated towards the X-Men titles. That was the stuff. And they're living on this island, and you're like, you never really, like, you knew when you read the summary page of why they're on the island to begin with, but this is, this just sets it all up. I had, um, what about Schism? Have we ever done Schism for the show? I don't think we have. No, but I think we all panned it in, as it was happening. I don't think we panned it, I think. Uh, Or maybe the, just the Schism main title. Because Schism was the prelude to Avengers vs. X-Men, right? Because isn't like two episodes just Cyclops thinking? That was prelude to Schism. Prelude, yeah. Maybe I actually kind of like those issues, I thought. Yeah. For the, well, maybe the first two, and then maybe it trailed off. But yeah, prelude to Schism focused on one character as they kind of made the decision. And then Schism was when Wolverine started feuding with Cyclops. Mm. So good. Oh, boy. So I mean, good. that wasn't a long-lasting event. I mean, that's still... Is, well, Wolverine and Cyclops are both dead, I guess, technically, but... Yeah, but yeah, worst exactly. Worst. It, was, it. it was still... Phew, man, that was... Because I think even the X-Men issues that are out now, they reference how like Cyclops is dead. So I, I guess that happens at the end of Secret Wars, which isn't going to be out knows? until like February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. That's like Daredevil 1 was released and... You know, there's a big spoiler about the genie beating back in the bottle, but we don't know why that's the case, and we won't find out for two more months. Yeah, I actually, I like that part of the first issue. I know Dale doesn't have any desire to read the new Daredevil. He poo-pooed it. He said he's not going to buy it. I didn't. He wiped his arse with it. (laughs) But uh, I like that bit. In the first issue of Daredevil. I wonder if that's connected to Secret Wars or if that's it's just some kind of it secret just came Daredevil out thing. 12 hours ago, okay? Can we all just calm down? It was just released 12 hours ago. I, I think the only one here not calm is you, friend. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I'm not going to name names. Dale. <laughs> but I think that's it. I mean, I don't know how much more we have to talk about House of M because I think we just loved it so much. And there's just not much more to say. Uh, I agree, I think. We uh, didn't leave anything on the table with this one. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think this book is just completely paced very well. It's, I don't think you, one should look at it and analyze it and be like, you know, Layla's an easy scapegoat to, or like a MacGuffin to kind of get this book moving. I think it's just perfectly paced. And if you, if you think of it as just like the House of M being the main conflict it's a greatly paced story. It's really, really great. Yeah, I agree. I think that, Layla showed up kind of right in the books after this. Didn't she stick around for a while? Maybe I want to say yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't know, but you know, she was obviously pretty convenient for you know getting the people in the new world to to realize 
And I, I mean, it was drawn beautifully and, and what you understood what was happening when their eyes turned green, like they were reintroduced to the old world, but it was, I mean, it was just perfectly paced. It was awesome. And what the story needed to, for eight issues of beauty, it's well worth checking out. There you have it. House of M. Mm. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it all in the era. Uh, our first letter comes to us from email now, no worky. Uh, legacy friend of the show. He goes by the Twitter moniker at top the number five bananas. He writes House of M. Hey, fellas. Glad my letter inspired you to read House of M. Now, if only I could inspire my kids to eat their breakfast instead of being a couple of S-heads and holding out for mid-morning snacks. <laughs> Some quick thoughts on House of M. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Bendis does a great job of crafting a brilliant, brilliantly twisted alternate reality. Despite some people's accusations that Bendis is better suited to solo books over team books, I felt he juggled the large cast of characters nicely, capturing each individual personality without blending into one monotone voice throughout. I was also impressed with Olivier Coitville's gorgeous art. His finely detailed work especially shines in some amazing spreads. Uh, the full-page shot of Magnus standing at Xavier's grave being one of my favorites. I mm-hmm. uh, hope you boys enjoyed it as much as I did. Put this show in the wing column, babe. At top, <laughs> top five banana.com. God, just bail me out of here. It's like Spider-Man just finding out that his new life was a lie. I just I wasn't a published writer and that whole... All the world was a lie. <laughs> the, um, the 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 t- folks who tend to to mention that Bendis isn't a good uh, team book writer. It's just it ju- they're just a bunch of couple of s heads too. <laughs> Top five bananas. So don't you worry about those guys because anything Bendis touches is gold. And those uh, event those Avengers books were some of my faves. Getting back in, mm. you know, hmm. strong words. S heads. Very, very strong words from Dale underscore A. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next letter, we will. Uh, I'm going to preface this personally by saying, obviously, everybody is entitled to their opinion. Opinions do not voice what uh, the the hosts of said show, you know, are of the same opinion. This is a letter. I'm reading the letter. Then we might get into it. Maybe possible spoilers. I don't know because nobody's really into it. But. Uh, Matt HH writes in, uh, busy after the, the uh, Twitter shaming he gave <laughs> at Jessica Jones on the Twitter. Why aren't things any good? He asks in the subject line. So I want to take your guys. I want your guys' take on Jessica Jones. I made my fiance watch it with me and ended up on roughly the same trajectory Slim had with Nimity watching Daredevil, ready to dump it by episode eight. We stuck it out, and while there's some great moments for sure overall, the show is pretty much garbage. 
Wow. Jeez. The it biggest was challenge, good, but it was really garbage. The biggest challenge in my mind is the ins- insistence of shows to over-deploy Joss Whedon's big bad model, where a single threat becomes the focus for the whole season. Buffy usually had lots of good standalone episodes within a season to break up the monotony, but Jessica Jones is literally just a single 13-hour movie cut into, thir- into 53-minute chunks. I don't know about you, but that just left me bored and wishing for more. Also, the annoying red-headed neighbor almost single-handedly made me quit the show on at least three occasions. Why did she have so much screen time? Flash Season 1 was pretty fun, but I dropped off Season 2 over the prospect of having 22 episodes to watch. Walking Dead is hot, steaming garbage. Uh, and he gets into minory, minory kind of spoiler territory, so I'm not going to read the next line. So I got to ask, do you guys li- like these shows? Are there any good genre shows out there that you are enjoying? Am I missing something? I do love and see Aziz Ansari's awesome new Netflix show, Master of None. Signed, Matt HH. P.S. Lightning Round. I read the first 35 issues of Scout this, re- this week. Far better than Southern Bastards, which I love. Wow. 35 issues of Southern Bastards in a week. That guy is fried. Un- Jesus. Very inflammatory letter. Super inflammatory. Uh, to answer his questions, uh, Matt H.H., H., I, think, I think you're in the middle of like a, a burnout tailspin here, bud. Uh, I, think I mean, he did... Find some pallets. For, for the record, for the Twitter record, he did say he wished he had some place he could kind of sort of vent this stuff to. So maybe letters at paperkeg.com is filling that leftover venting because he... Did had you already forwarded this Jessica from the Jones. real letters account. Like this was sent to you privately. You're like, oh, Jonesy needs to also hear this, right? Yeah. I mean, king of the Twitter shaming, <laughs> Matt HH. If you if you have a Twitter account, he will shame you. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> he will make you feel like puke. Like watching Jessica Jones made him feel <laughs> hot garbage. Uh, Matt I don't H. Think, H. Watch I, him. 30 Rock, like watch the whole series and just cleanse your palate mm. and then come mm-hmm. back to genre shows. I think maybe you're just not in the mental frame of acceptance, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a good show, but now I forget what it was. Uh, was it Vietnam on uh, Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, the 20 hour Vietnam docu- documentary I bought from the Cracker Barrel one morning. <laughs> They're stopping on my way to breakfast. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we, we can get too much into Jessica Jones because uh, the the other guys haven't really watched it. I'm I'm up to episode eight, actually, with my wife. What? Wow. He's keeping secrets from us, mm. this guy. Doesn't I'm not even keeping tell his best friends that he's on episode eight, uh, uh, Jessica Jones. You probably private message each other about it, and you just Well, yeah, I'm just fun. feigning surprise here for you, Jonesy. I appreciate that. Right. I did. I did think the hard effing that goes on between the two leads might be a little much. Well, Jonesy, do you remember the comic book? Yeah, they I do. I do. That. Look, never mind. Sometimes you just say need something. to feel something, Jonesy. I, maybe, maybe. Not everybody is dead between their legs. You know, if people got to yeah, like. Ever, you ever go out to the bar and and meet up some hunky man and. Uh-huh. You need to get pounded for a while just because you can't feel anything anymore. You're an alcoholic. Almost perpetually. That's the the, the mind frame I'm in. 
Just looking for a guy to help me forget about my just life. Just have an for empty a couple pit. Hours. <laughs> empty, heartless pit. Gen Z loves beer. I get the yeah? cheapest brand of whiskey, is what I say. Uh, I was wondering how they were going to handle that scene. I thought they did pretty well. Yeah, they did good. They did pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I do have pretty much a hunk. I do have cage. thoughts. I mean, look for my tweets at to at Jessica Jones later on, <laughs> uh, expressing them. Make sure that you do dot at Jessica Jones so that everyone yeah. can see you uh, shaming them. Dot at Jessica Jones. Dot at Kristen Ritter. I mean, I will get everybody in there. Don't you worry, <laughs> Bendis. C.C. Oming. Did he do anything for uh, Jessica Jones? Right, no, exactly. but he and Bendis are friends, so, you know. Make sure, make sure he sees that. Yeah. Yeah, don't you worry. Can everybody. you give us a hint? Can you give us some kind of thumbs up, down, in the middle, leaning any direction? Um, leaning, thumbs up. Okay. I did. What's your, tr- wife, what's your wife think? Uh, she loves it. Wow. She's, she's all wrapped up in it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do think maybe the... The um, the the big overarching thirteen episodes with one villain could be a bit much, a bit long in the tooth. Because, like, for most of Daredevil, you guys, Matt Slim, you've seen eight episodes, but it's like in the Daredevil, it's Daredevil and it's you know Kingpin story too, but you don't really get that Jessica Jones. You just see Jessica Jones has an adversary and her side of it for 13 episodes. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of like wears on you a little bit, but I won't get into much more than that. I mean, I'm going to spoil it pretty good right here, but I thought the third episode where they, where, uh, Broadchurch's character does some things to children that I didn't enjoy. I was like, it soured me. Didn't cause the, didn't cause anybody physical pain or anything like, uh, inappropriate but you know he instructs a ch- you know his powers are he can you have to do whatever he tells you to do i just didn't enjoy some of that part of it maybe that's why i never went back to it hmm. now the truth comes out tonight once dale opens up internet yeah. internet truth it's you good know, to talk about it otherwise I'm, i think otherwise i feel like i'm fishing i'm not just gonna say hey up to episode eight jessica jones you know what people ask me, guys? Oh, I think of Jessica Jones. <laughs> but the thing is, they probably do with you. You probably get hundreds of that replies every minute. You, I mean, Dale, you're so Dale popular, does. you turn your notifications off. Or do you? you turn your I, notifications I don't have off? Twitter notifications. I have mm. DMs notifications on, but everything else is off. Mm. You first buddies. I need to focus. I need to focus on my life. I need to focus on my job and my family. You know? Come to Twitter when it's my time. Oh my god, I could do it. All right. <laughs> Next week, Lone Wolf and Cub, The Gateless Barrier, Volume Two. Mm. Get pumped. We'll see everybody next week.
We should ask for ideas of what people want to hear on a Patreon-only episode. Should we take it to the Patreons? We could do that. Patreoners. If you're a Patreon supporter, tweet Patreon yes <laughs> or Patreon no. <laughs> Along with your idea. Actually, don't tweet Patreon yes because that's probably a hashtag that already exists. <laughs> PK Patreon ideas hashtag yes. Oh my god. That's too much to remember. That was horrifying. Just write us. <laughs> it's like a nightmare. Social media nightmare. <laughs> uh, Surprised the official Twitter account hasn't changed his password yet. Mm, Pock me give out. it time. Mm. Give it time. I just planted the seed of that idea, babe. <laughs> so, did you beat Fallout 4 yet, Dale? No, beat beat the game. No, I didn't. I I actually uh, last weekend, two weekends ago, um, I didn't have access to Fallout because me and my boys were down in the basement. So I hooked up. You know, they were playing some Mario Kart on the GameCube, Mm -hmm. and while I was watching them do that, while I was watching Grayson do that, and Reed just hold a controller in his hand, (laughs) I booted up Skyrim on my PC, Mm. and I haven't looked back at Fallout. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I th- I'm thinking about playing it tonight, maybe. I might play it tonight. Just taking three crisp $20 bills and flush them down the toilet. And go back to your Skyrim, you know? Jonesy loves beer, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Writer. I, I took <laughs> James into uh, GameStop because we're finally getting my wedding ring replaced that I lost in our OBX vacation. Ooh. Nice. GameStop sells some really great pieces wedding for rings. your fingers. So I left my wife do the business, take care of the finances. I took James into GameStop and I was, I guess I just haven't been in a GameStop or cared to look at video game stuff recently. So they have the Lego Dimensions. Especially in a GameStop, you know? Yeah, I mean, scum of the earth. I asked this one guy, I was like, hey, who's this uh, Lego Dimensions for? What kind of age group? He's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's an E rating, so, uh. Thanks you for know, nothing. I was like, I was, ready, I was ready to stop. Like, just save your breath. I shouldn't have asked you anything. <laughs> right, I was an exactly. idiot. <laughs> and I obviously had like a four-year-old boy with me, and he didn't reference the child at all, whether mm-hmm. or not it would have been good. That was cool. a zilch. So, Demen- Lego Dimensions seems cool. It has like the little add-ons you buy, um, other Lego toys that I guess plugs into something that's hooked up to the game to unlock mm-hmm. different areas. That and that whole thing baffles me. I, I, it's very yeah, it's news to me. I need to like get my glasses on and sit at my computer and take notes and research before we do anything. But it's you know it's it has a lot of cool Amiibo. Lego toys. They had like Bart Simpson and his like uh, box car that he made with Homer one episode. <laughs> like that's an add on. It was really that's pretty cute. well done. Hmm. Uh, they had Lego. They had Scooby Doo stuff, but they also had the Disney Infinity stuff, which toys the toy those toys look really cool, well designed. He was pointing out like Luke Skywalker and Chewie and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
They're really but then nice. You, you mentioned, uh, Dale, that you're going to try the 2DS route, which I think we're probably going to do. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of the show, Karate Chop, and that, like, the 2DS just really seems to make sense. He he has uh, he still has a daughter that's two, he, who's not reading yet. He's, she's three or four, and... She mentions like he mentions that she plays the S out of Animal Crossing, which is pretty crazy to me. I don't know how she does that, but uh, Mario Kart. The, they both had the Mario Kart bundle, both of his daughters, uh, and I mean Grayson can play Mario Kart on my GameCube. He knows like I've he's just memorized pushing Start A, choosing the characters, and then choosing like the cups, Mushroom Cup or whatever. So he does fine with that. So I think the 2DS would be would be great, and it's. I mean, it's going to be about the same price as the Wii U overall, probably. Like, if I get a t- two 2DSs, I'm, re- I'm talking about Reed 2, mm-hmm. which is a tad too young, but you can't do one without the other. I mean, you might be able to. Nope. Nope. Maybe. I don't know. Nope. Nope. Um, but, yeah, I'm, yeah the, it's, sound, the 2DS like, is pretty, sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, there's a bundle that you talked about. It's hundred bucks. You got Mario Kart included, and then I, I was talking to Amanda like when you mentioned it, and she's like, I wouldn't mind getting a 2DS. I'd I'd probably pay play that. So there was talk of like, nice. You guys, you could play James in Mario Kart if you had your own 2DS mm-hmm. in the game. So it'd be kind of cool eventually if she gets one. But so yeah, I think we're gonna do that. And his other gift that we're gonna get is the Playmation Iron Man toy. Whoa. Which well, I'm like totally in love with. That's so cool. Jonesy, have you seen that? No, but just the title of it made me, you know, go places. Yes. <laughs> it's peak season in your pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially Iron Man's blaster that can attach to a child's arm. It's like realistic. What? And there's another add-on toy that like you set across the room and it gives you missions. It, it speaks. It knows like when you're aiming at this little additional playset. And you know if you hit it, if you if you buy additional playsets, like it, it explodes. You know if you put Red Skull on it, if you hit it like three times when you need to, it like it pops him off of it. That sounds amazing. Uh, yeah, it's super cool looking. They have one for the Hulk, which doesn't look as fun. And I think they're coming out with one for a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Oh, so God. you can Star Wars you get like lightsaber missions, and it looks like the coolest toy ever. It's usually hundred bucks, and I, I I found it on Amazon. I don't know if it's like a regular deal or just they discounted. It. It's like I think it's sixty bucks now. Wow! Oh man, that's super cheap. Yeah. So I snack snack snap snap and eat snap snap snappy snap, snapped it up snap snaparoo snaparoonies. So he'll love running around the house as Iron Man. If James is getting a 2DS and Grayson's definitely going to need a 2DS with Mario Kart. From we sync up <laughs> for friendship favorite, times, get our kids together, boys together, playing Mario Kart together. Oh, I can just think about it now. I mean, just think if they have it for the Christmas gathering, which I don't think they will. What's the date on that thing? 19th, I think. Fudge. At your house. Surprise. <laughs> I told Amanda to send me an invite. I don't know if she has yet or not, because otherwise I'll just forget about it. Yeah, it's not on my calendar either. I'll send us an invite. Thank she God might only send me one before before she scolds me. Let me look here. 
Just edit this out, you know? Google Calendar. Tell you what. If she did send it, edit this out. Did you... (laughs) Have you started using Google Calendar? I know you were using Fantastical, Sunrise, Google Calendar... I was using Sunrise before, which I still love and miss. I have, I am using Google Calendar now. You know, my biggest peeve Tell me about it. is I can't just go on a Google Calendar and look at a month. It annoys the crap out of me. I just can't uh, look at 30 days in a month. You can? Live. Live Google live Calendar Live one thing. You have to hit the, the 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 month word, the top. I mean, it'll show you the days, but it won't give you colors on like the days oh, that you yeah. have things. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what Sunrise did? Is that why you, uh, one of your favorite Sunrise oh, features? Sunrise. If you're just joining us, this was a podcast about comic books. Uh, <laughs> now it's devolved into Google Calendar. Calendar apps are what people want to hear about. That's what the special Patreon I mean, episode is going to be all about. You know what people ask me, Slim? <laughs> they ask you about bits and hacking and <laughs> megabytes. Making tickets. And moving tickets around and then getting into metadata. Metadata. The, the day that you first heard metadata, <laughs> a light bulb went off. <laughs> it's just you stuck in my that crawl. forever. <laughs> Master standard data, MSD, you know? <laughs> My gosh. Nothing. It's just gibberish. Yeah. It's absolute gibberish. Code. You're streaming code. <laughs> I feel like you just watched Hackers on Netflix <laughs> I or just uh, watched, I uh, listened to the How Did This Debate episode of That was a good one. Hackers. Uh, hilarious. You know what uh, I'm not sure how I feel about, but they released a bonus episode into their feed of, of another show on their network. Uh, I don't like that mm. stuff at all. Like it's like a don't like, fool hey, me. Check out this new show. Don't fool me. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't like Paul Shear do something where he started a different network? But how did this get made? Is not on that network or something? Um, I thought they were all on Earwolf. Yeah, but he has like an offshoot network. Isn't I don't know if weird? it's related to Earwolf. Yeah, isn't that weird that his show can't even be on it? It's like a dog nose or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's very similar. Like too similar. Well, they record in like, I'd love to know more about their setup because I think they record in like a legit studio. No way. Yeah, pretty sure. Not when every, I mean, I still download the episodes that I don't listen to, but every episode that comes out is live somewhere. No, they do a lot of live shows. I think they do like like four to one. I think they do like two at night and then they do like back to back. So I think like four straight episodes will be live. Hmm. I'd love to go to one of those live shows, though. Yeah, so would I. Let's go. Let's just hop in a jet and do it to L- go to L.A. to Meltdown. Is that where it is? I, I think they've done New York shows before, mm. but they haven't recently. <laughs> <laughs> Jensen, if you don't want to walk the streets of Center City, what hope do you have in New York? <laughs> Listen, I'm city-fied now. I can handle it. City-fied? I spent those two days in Baltimore and... and Returned home unscathed. You'll get you'll get picked out in New York City like like nothing. They'll zero in on you. Cat, you're like catnip. Can't troll me, babe. <laughs> catnip for trouble. 